Good morning, Four Oaks Church. It's Pastor Paul here. First thing on a Monday morning. Wow, March 27th, I guess spring is upon us. March 27th, 2023. If you happen to be listening to this five years down the line for some reason. Anyway, glad that you have joined us. And here on this Monday, I think it would be helpful uh, to remind ourselves what we're doing here. We always have new folks who are who are chiming in. Um, these pastoral devotionals are meant to be much more than simple little devotional lessons um, for the day that we can take with us, although there's certainly that, Lord willing. But what we're aiming to do is something a little more ambitious, and that is to begin to give us some tools, personal tools, that we can use as we learn to read, study, and apply the Bible for ourselves. And so the way that we're doing this, we're preaching through the Gospel of Matthew on Sunday mornings, and we're using the week prior to that message to cover and unpack the text that we're going to be preaching on for that week. So in a lot of ways, you get to sort of see how I process uh, the, the process of interpretation, how do, how do I approach a text, um, we sort of unfold it in real time together. And Lord willing, again, you're not just getting biblical information, you're actually getting some tools to help you study and apply the Bible for yourself. So with that said, we are now into the Sermon on the Mount, the most famous of sermons ever preached. And specifically, we have gone through the Beatitudes. So we spent some time on those Beatitudes last week, and we preached on it yesterday. And now we're to the next section today. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the, the passage that we're going to be studying this week. We're going to spend most of our time this morning just sort of getting the context and asking the questions we need to ask and looking at the things we need to look at so that we know how to best approach uh, the process of interpretation. So it's a short passage. It's Matthew 5, uh, verses um, 13 through 16, all right? Super famous passage, super familiar. Here we go. Jesus, of course, is preaching he, and speaking. He says, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So we've used this analogy before over and over again. We'll continue to use it. I think it's helpful to think of about a biblical interpretation in, in a set of concentric circles. So in the middle circle, the, the deepest circle, is the meaning of the text, all right? is the thing that Jesus is trying to communicate. It's what Matthew is um, the way he's, he's ordered his book, what he's trying to communicate. And so let's start on that outward circle, though, because to, to get to the inner circle, we have to, to look at a variety of things. One of those is context. And so remember, Matthew could have written many things about Jesus, um, could have recorded many different um, incidences and sermons from Jesus's ministry. He was an eyewitness and 
there's probably some evidence that in fact he was sort of the 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 apostolic scribe that went around with Jesus. He was a tax collector, so he would have been well suited to this task. But but there's this sense in which Matthew has an overarching purpose, and that is to convey to his original readers, his audience of Jewish Christians, that Jesus is in fact the Old Testament Messiah. He is the fulfillment of all the Old Testament prophecy, which pointed to the coming of the King. And everything in Matthew's gospel to this point has communicated that Jesus, in fact, is a king. He's the, he's the, he has the lineage of a king. He has done battle with the king, King Herod. Um, he, has, um, he has been anointed as king by John the Baptist. And he has gone around doing the works of the kingdom um, in Matthew 4. But now here in Matthew 5, he has gathered up all the crowds who've been following him. They're anticipating what he is going to say. He has a captive audience, and he's going to communicate to them what life in the kingdom is about. What is, what is to set apart the followers of Jesus, King Jesus, from the rest of the world? And he begins this Sermon on the Mount, as we've seen, with an invitation. These are, of course, the Beatitudes. He's inviting them in to say, if you want the blessed life, the joyful life, the happy life, the flourishing life in my kingdom, these are the, the values, the priorities to hold on to. And of course, they're completely upside down from what we would see in the world. But again, if everything was going okay in the world, Jesus wouldn't have needed to come. He's establishing a new kingdom. And here in these opening verses, uh, the Beatitudes, we can look at that as kind of his introduction, okay? His sort of inaugural, beginning of his inaugural speech here. And I think in much the same way, um, we can look at verses 13 and 17 through 13 through 16 as an extension of that, okay? So knowing that what comes before our passage is this invitation into the flourishing life of the kingdom, and if you look down in verse 17, it seems that Jesus begins the main bulk of his teaching, okay? Um, it, it, in your Bible, it, it might say, Christ came to fulfill the law. Verse 17, do not think I've come to abolish the law of prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. And then he goes into a, an exposition of the law about anger and lust and... Um, divorce and taking oaths and retaliation and loving and giving and praying. I mean, he's, he, he's, he, he rolls through this, this main body of teaching, which, which should signal to us that we're still sort of in the introductory remarks of the sermon, his opening illustration. And as we look at these verses, um, remember, Jesus has just pronounced blessing or flourishing uh, for those who are a part of his kingdom. And then it's as if he wants to remind them of, of who they are. He wants to remind us of who we are, okay? And this is going to be important because what Jesus is essentially saying here, okay, coming off these Beatitudes, this invitation of flourishing, is that here's how you are to position yourself in my kingdom, right? So if the king is ruling, his subjects are going to have responsibilities. 
But in order to know what their responsibilities are, and that's what verses 17 and following are going to be dealing with in the meat of the message, they have to kind of know how do they situate themselves in this new kingdom society? Who, who are they? They know they're not, they're not the king, okay? But neither are they passive subjects. They serve a vital function in the kingdom. We do as people, okay? So we're being invited into the kingdom, and now we are situ- what, What's our role? What's our place? Uh, what's our status in the kingdom? And here Jesus trots out a couple of metaphors. He says, first of all, there, well, there seems to be two things that he declares that we are. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Notice these are emphatic statements. They are ontological statements. They're not, you are to be salt, so do this, or you are to be light, so do this. He reminds them that as part of his kingdom, as part of the, as being citizens of his kingdom, they are. That's who, that's, these are statements of being, you are salt, you are light, okay? Um, you don't become those things. You don't merely act like these, these things, although you do. It's, they are, in fact, part of our being, part of our status. They're part of our commission. So if you think about it this way, um, all of us occupy certain roles in our life, various roles, as a husband, as a father, as a mother, as a wife, as a grandparent, as a son or daughter, as an employee or as a boss or as a community group leader, or um, re-engage or restore leader. I mean, there's a lot of hats. We wear multiple hats, don't we? We wear multiple hats and roles that in, and embody those responsibilities. Now, we may be a bad husband or a bad father or a good husband, a good father, but it doesn't change the fact that we are those things, okay? Those are our assigned roles given by God. And that's the sense of these opening statements, okay? By virtue of being of uh, a part of the kingdom, and Jesus has, in, has issued this invitation, and if you're still listening, he's assuming you, you are accepting this invitation to be a part of his kingdom. Now, who are you in that kingdom? That, that's the idea, okay? And the two things that he says that we are and this is obviously what we're going to be unpacking this week, is that you are salt and that you are light. Now, what would be helpful, I think, um, in preparation for this study this, this week is to try to understand what does Jesus mean by salt and light, okay? Um, is salt a seasoning? Is it a preservative? Is it a is it something to melt the ice on the roads? I'm only half joking, right? Uh, what kind of light? Are we talking about a candle, a torch, a fire? I mean, and this is where understanding particular contexts in the ancient Middle East will help us. So, so here's your assignment for tomorrow. Your assignment is to get your commentary, to get your study Bible, and try to do a, just a bit of background research historically into what was the function of salt and light in those days, okay? We don't think about those things in the same way today, right? Everything has salt in it. 
There's light wherever you go. Um, not so in the ancient world. That might give you a little hint to, to, to be thinking about this. So do some, there's a background in historical research. Also, um, look in your study, Bible study notes for references um, in the margins that might point you back to things in the Old Testament, right? I've already said that the Beatitudes are in fact function like wisdom literature. So Jesus is clearly drawing on the Old Testament there. Um, and particularly Isaiah um, on, in those Beatitudes. He's going to talk to us about the Old Testament law. So it makes sense that when Jesus is talking about light and salt, that there might be Old Testament metaphors, passages he's drawing from. So your assignment, if you choose to accept it, is, is to, just to camp out on these verses for this week. Begin to do a little research in your commentaries and your Bible study notes and, um, and begin to, let's, let's come back tomorrow and begin to unfold this together. But here's a reminder for today, okay? If you're a follower of Christ, a part of his kingdom, trusting in him, you are salt and you are light and nothing can change that. Let's pray. Lord, we ask now that you would bless us as we come to your word this week, as we unpack these things together, as we study them. Lord, we want to sit under your, your feet, by, at your feet. We want to submit our lives to you. We want to be who you've called us to be in your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks